Finally jumping, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am your host, Chance Watson, with the other host, Taylor Wells. Wellsy, how are things down in sunny, warm Arizona? Well, it was 37 degrees when I got into the car this morning, so I don't know if that's uh, so not warm, deterring so. anybody. Gotcha. Yeah, don't come visit me right now. It's actually cold here. <laughs> not, I don't know. That's not why I moved here. You'd think you'd think a desert would be warm. Well, that's the problem. It's a desert. Nothing, nothing to block those cold winds coming from Bumfuck Idaho or the hell you're at. <laughs> coming from the Want great that crap. Coming from the great white north. Eh. Eh. Eh, boys. <laughs> well, shit. Episode five. Holy. I'm- we're we're moving, we're moving right along there. Uh, we've got yeah. a got a solid group of listeners now. I think um, everybody who is listening, thank you. Uh, we'll we'll get to our plugs later on here in the episode. So let's jump right into it. We'll try not to drag this one out like we did the last one. Holy fuck, that was long. It's like pretty uh, much our moms and like a distant cousin that listens. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Does it? They don't even listen. They just download it, so it goes no, straight to our statistics. Just so, feel, they, just so we feel good about ourselves. <laughs> God damn it! They Jake, don't... Jake Allen's mom's definitely dude. Jake That's Allen's one. mom, Susan Susan Allen, is rocking right now with her uh, her new business that we created. Yeah, you know she is. I mean, hey, Matt Murray is uh, on a five game win streak right now. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't leave out good teams like that you can't just turn them down 30 games into the season i guess so no nope, she can't be she can't just do you know her special boy like she's got a she's got mouths to feed she's got a clientele you know yeah These well co- jake allen was playing good for there for a couple games too but yeah too bad yeah, he's got a- i digress from whatever you were gonna say <laughs> All right. Well, I don't remember. before we get back into uh, in, into NHL stuff, let's hop real quick onto the little itty bitty bit of Seattle news. Uh, Wells, you got that for us? Yeah, but that is NHL news. Damn it! Oh yes, NHL Seattle. Right. Yeah, huge news coming out of Seattle. Actually, mm. uh, they have announced their official music partner. It's a real banger, folks. Wow, I'm I'm buying a jersey. That's for sure. Now I. I I don't know exactly if I can say this all in one word, okay, or if it's just K E X P. But Kexp doesn't sound very good, so I'm going to go K E X P on this one. Okay, but so basically, all that's come out of uh, NHL Seattle recently has been that they announced that K E X P or Kexp, the public broadcaster in Seattle, it's a local public broadcaster, which that's I mean that's pretty cool. I, it's out I of Seattle. Local. Out of Seattle, it sounds like. So, Seattle-based. So every game will just be grunge rock. I, you Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Wait, just, like it's a bad thing, man. It's just every game is just, every day, every game is opened by Green Day doing the national anthem. How many Macklemore songs are they going to do every single game? Oh, God. <laughs> it just cycles through between Macklemore and really depressing shit. Just like the players got to the face off, they're just kind of like mopey looking out into the distance. It's <laughs> uh, a great way to start a game. Why do I even? Anyways, why do I even bother? Any any hoozle. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's literally all we've had for about 
almost two weeks now out of NHL Seattle, which we expected. I mean, we got three years of this crap. There's not much that they can do besides like, oh, we put another brick on the building or something. I don't know. I don't you know, know what they're going to do. We, so. didn't talk, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but one of the things that's going to contribute to that is the impending lockout that's going to happen. Well, yeah. seems like it. Everybody, ever it's it's not a for sure thing, but everybody's gearing up on both sides for it. You know, I I think I read an article that the KHL is starting to secure players from the NHL for the year. Oh, for so, God's sakes! Yeah, so probably the shitty ones. Oh yeah, no, it's nobody. Well, because all the good players are going to get paid regardless. That's true. Everybody like to look at Tavares's contract. He's getting paid in bonuses. Yeah. God, you know, uh, last lockout, I think it was, fucking Scotty Gomez was still ripping up the league, and he came up and played in the ECHL up in Alaska. My God. <laughs> the competition's ridiculous. I was going to say, I bet that was a hard, hard he, sight to see. I don't even know how shit-faced he was every game, but he was still putting up like five points a game. I believe it. Just that, that difference in skill levels, it's just crazy, but... Yeah, uh, good segue into our next topic there. Um, who knows where what we're going to be at by the time Seattle gets a team lockout-wise, uh, especially if you know Dallas CEOs and other CEOs around the league start calling out their players for being shitty on. I don't, I don't even know how it came out. But. Say, Otto was carrying that torch for a very long time. Yeah, 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 Ottawa. Ottawa just needs to stop. Well, they need to start taking these like self-driving car Ubers because if there's an actual human in the car, it's getting recorded probably. They have so, they have the shittiest. They've had the worst year like of any sports team. I swear. Like of that that Uber thing had to happen to the Senators. Like it it didn't happen. Like if it was the Red Wings or something, you know, uh, Larkin and Nyquist are in a car and they're like, "Yeah, Blashill, Blashill really sucks." And, yeah, you know, that went live. Like, it would have been like, all right, you know, team problem, move along. But it happens to the Senators. And they just, uh, it's it's just another log on the fire for them. Do they even have a rink next year? <laughs> I don't fucking know. They're going to play outdoors. It seems like they're going to, they're going to flood, they're going to flood the parking lot. <laughs> Probably. I'd watch that game, though. Oh, I would. I'd pay big bucks for a game like that. Christ, I'd go there more than now. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm going to take a destination vacation to Ottawa <laughs> to go see the Senators play. What? Come on. <laughs> you know that's on your list, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's right up there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this whole thing with with Dallas is. Uh, it's. I, I have differing opinions on it. So it's it's a pretty so, political situation. Wait, yeah, tell us tell us what happened with Dallas first. So, from what I read, it sounds like the CEO said something to someone in the organization who fuck is his name couldn't keep their mouth shut. I don't think he said it on social media. I I could be wrong there, but he basically said Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan need to get their shit together because they've been fucking hogwash or something that's is that what old men old white men say yeah okay ceo hogwash. ceo jim lights yep so yeah he basically called them out uh sagan and ben originally came back out and said something like along the lines of like yeah we need to be better and then kind of you know 
the whole story comes out and they're, you know, Ben did have a pretty sweet line. He said something like, I don't play for him. And, uh, let's be real here, dude. You play for him. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I know what he meant. He plays for his fucking teammates or whatever. Right. Shit, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, just some political shit. And then actually NHL PA came out today and said something along the lines of, you know, it's just total, total bullcrap behavior, you know, big CEO should just shut his mouth or something like that, you know? And so, that's not helping our lockout uh, possibilities here. Yeah, so. I, I would assume that any type of front end, you know, front end office shit always kind of rocks the boat. But I don't know when this blatantly like I'm, I'm looking up the quote right now to try to find it. Here's a here's an excerpt from it. Uh, the guy said, quote, for me, it's pissed me off. What nobody says is what complete what what is completely obvious to me. We are getting terrible play from our top two players. We are star stars driven we are a stars driven league and our stars aren't getting it done these guys are not good enough they're not good enough for me they're not good enough for the owner um they've been fucking horses i don't know how else to put it horse fucking horses asses i don't know how else to put it <laughs> horses asses <laughs> and apparently this, guy, this guy's got a schnauzer and gosh, a poodle probably dude i just do you, so when these guys when these like executives these front office guys make comments do you, does do you think their comments carry any weight in the locker room um like yes and I mean, no uh, yes and no i think i think ben and sagan should be fired up because if someone who you know let's be real a ceo even in the nhl is disconnected from that team come on like nobody fucking talks to him unless it's about money right mm-hmm. so if someone like that is realizing that you're playing like shit and you're the best two players on this team, mm-hmm. you better hope that fires them up because if it doesn't, you got the wrong two guys. Like yeah. if Jamie Ben and Sagan don't get fired up from some fucking old white dude up in the office saying, you know, you're, you know, I'm playing like shit, then they need to readjust because I mean, these two guys have been good for a while, but yeah, 30 points in 39 games for Ben and 33 points in 39 for Sagan. That's, that's unacceptable. I mean, you got, yeah, rookies putting up more points than that shit. Yep. Like, come on. Yeah, on not... shittier teams. Like, let's be real here. Well, and it's, I mean, it's the story of the Dallas Stars. Is I mean, for many years, it seems like they uh they they play well. You know, they're 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 generally counted as a bubble team. They've never been bottom of the basement. You know, Edmonton Oilers on a bad year. Bad. They've, they've always hovered around a playoff spot. Sometimes they'll limp in. Sometimes they don't. Usually get a first round exit. Um, that's kind of been the mantra for a while in Dallas there. I mean, you know, on paper, they've got a decent squad that could compete, but actual production on the ice, like Jamie Ben is a pretty controversial figure. Um, I don't know if you've read articles about the guy in the past, but it doesn't sound like he's the best, like captain, mm. uh, like leader in the locker room. Uh, some pe- people have said he's kind of a prick. Um, which, I mean, you know, granted, depending on how you use being a prick, could be a good or bad thing on the team. Like, motivate him up, get him angry. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. And as far as Sagan goes, I don't, I really don't know much about Sagan. Well, and Sagan, I mean, so, I read something along the lines of, in the last four years, these two guys have been within the top 30 scoring every single year. Something like mm-hmm. that, at a combined rate. Right. So, I mean, the fact that they're putting up 
not I mean, thirty and thirty nine isn't even close to a point per game. No. Nine points back. I mean, realistically, on a good you know, you're feeling real good. He's he's pretty hot. That's you know, five or six games at least that he would need to have point point you know, a point or two to yeah. kind of get back into it and fuck, that's not good enough. Nope. Um Sagan shooting at seven point five, his shot percentage is seven point five. I'd have to see what his I'll look it up right now. See what his, you know, average is for his career because that seems relatively low. Right. Um, whereas that that's kind of what his argument was back to uh, back to the CEO was like, hey, you know, I'm just hitting posts like it'll come kind of thing. Um, I mean, his career average is 11-1. So, yeah, it'll even out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, they need to start getting it done. And surprisingly, which has – always been an issue in Dallas for since Kari Lipman decided that he wanted to stand on his head like fucking five or six years ago, but uh, goaltending. And Anton Kudobin's actually keeping up with Bishop, which, that helps, man. I mean, if you've got a guy that can come right in and just take over like that, uh, you know, they got a good young defenseman in Heiskanen. Klingberg's, Klingberg's still young. I always think he's old, but he's, he's a young dude. Right. Um so you know those guys start clicking, and they need to in the central division. Or they're you know they're they're not going to find themselves in a playoff spot. They've got you know, a recipe. Soon, they've got a recipe for success there. I mean, I always thought that they would do really well once they got rid of Kari Letteman. And the, I mean, you know, they're not. I, they're they're right now. They're in a playoff picture, looking out instead of out of the playoff picture, looking in, which is right. a, a good change. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Is it? what they want no but i think their ceo should you know kind of take a yes i'm not taking away from his comments like they are not playing well but that being said you you mentioned it look at the central division they're in the argue you know somebody could make an argument that the central division is the best in the league um you know i, I you know somebody else could probably make an argument for the metro or the for the atlantic with tampa and toronto but, oh, uh, but atlantic's scary but but the problem with the Atlantic is that, yeah, you've got those top two, three teams, you know, if you want to throw a Buffalo in there, but the rest of the Atlantic is pretty much a garbage fire. Yeah. You know, once you, once you hit Buffalo, you know, what's below them? Uh, Boston, Boston, Montreal, Boston, Montreal. And then they're playing like, you know, they're playing okay. Not playing great. I, I wouldn't, uh, they'll make the playoffs. I don't see them doing anything though. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to see this shit start to even out. Yeah. Sorry, we won't talk about standing shit, but I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah, interesting. Well, it's hard not to, especially we're at the we're at the we're at the you know the middle point of the year. We're coming up on the trade deadline where teams are starting to figure out if they're buyers or sellers or they're going to stand pat. Um, yeah. I think we mentioned it earlier this year. I, I think there's going to be a lot of sellers because currently at the halfway point of the season, we're looking at a lot of teams that pretty much know that their playoff hopes are gone. Right. You know, we've got L.A. St. Louis, even Chicago with the little run that they've gone on, they're still not anywhere remotely close to a playoff spot. It's just seven out. Yeah, I mean, well, but yeah, look at all the teams they'd have to leapfrog. Yeah. You know, like, is Dallas, you know, is, we've been talking bad about Dallas, but Dallas is, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to crash and burn. I think they'll hang in there. Vancouver's playing surprisingly, you know, average when everybody expected them to be at the bottom. Uh, Minnesota is, I, I think Minnesota is bound for a resurgence. They're playing kind of down at the moment. Um, I think when push comes to shove, they'll get their shit together. Um, 
I think Hitchcock put a plug in the sinking ship that was Edmonton, but I still don't think it's going to be, you know, they'll, they'll probably play 500 hockey the rest of the way. Uh, they've come back down to earth a little bit though. Yeah. They they, a five game losing streak. Similar to what Anaheim is doing. Right. Um, so talking about teams that have come back down to earth. Well, actually I, we also didn't talk about this before, but I want to touch on it real fast. Um, Nashville's on a six game losing streak. Are they? Yeah. Um, God damn, I guess I just don't look at, the, I don't look at the top of the standings enough. Well, and it's, wow. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, they can afford it because they're, you know, they, they, they played so well at the beginning of the season, but they're on a six game losing streak now. And they, and then even before that, they didn't like for the month, they're not, their overall record isn't great. Um, granted they've been really injured, like really injured, but, um, this last game, they got their people back, and they're still not playing. I mean, they're losing one-goal games. Like, they're just not getting the offensive power that they need. They're out-shooting all these teams, but it's just, just the goals aren't just coming. Yeah, that's always kind of been the Preds. I mean, you know, they had to find some offense from Victor Arvidsson. They had to find some offense from, I mean, Philip Forsberg. Everybody kind of knew he was going to come up and be pretty, pretty good player. But, right. I mean, their top six isn't great. But, yeah, they need a little support from their D, which is just their makeup. Um, Forsberg's just been yeah, hurt. Yeah, that's interesting. And he's... Lost five, huh? Six. Six? Damn. Six in a row. Okay. Um, like, I, I mean, you look at their record right now, they're 22-15-2. So, obviously, you know, not a huge deal. They're still second in their division. Um, Colorado is kind of Jacqueline Hyde right now. You know, if they show... If that top line shows up and Varlamov can play a decent game... You know, they're arguably a, one of the better teams, but if that top line doesn't show up every night, there's just not enough depth for Colorado to really do anything. Yeah, that's um, what we've been preaching all season about them, too. Exactly. And that's, just, there's, nobody by, there's nobody beyond those top three. Right. So at what point do you drop one of them down and, and spread it out a little bit? Exactly. You know? um, and that's kind of like the philosophy over in Pittsburgh. We talked about that before. Um, yeah. So... Let's move on to let's move on to the East. Uh, recently, we had a game, big game for uh, a Mister John Tavares, Johnny T, Johnny T out in Toronto. Well, Wells, I know you have a affinity for this fellow. I love Johnny T. There you go. Well, ever uh, since uh, good old Chase Elliott doppelganger <laughs> showed me how good this kid actually was. Yeah. <laughs> now he's a man, I guess. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, just in case. Uh, yeah, our, I'd love Johnny T. Just in case our listeners didn't know, we are we are good friends with the professional race car driver in the NHL or in the in NASCAR, Chase Elliott. You know uh, they do NASCAR fantasy. What? Yeah, I know. How, so that sounds how, like our uh, summer fantasy right there. How do you? I, I don't have no idea how you play. I don't even i I don't even know how you do that. Like. Do you get extra points if they get near a wreck? I don't know. I wonder if it's like penalty minutes where you actually you do get good points for cre- like wrecks. Wow, right. That sounds terrible. Like the, the the obvious is like uh, you know for what place they come in, but like God, like I can't even imagine. Like you get extra points for like pit stops or like how quick their pit stop. I don't fucking know. I, that would be <laughs> how quick their pit stops. <laughs> I don't fucking. That's too complicated for me. <laughs> Oh man! I go 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 go! 
I mean, what else are you going to cheer at during NASCAR? So maybe there is points for that. Like, (laughs) you get under three seconds, it's like the fucking holy grail of NASCAR (laughs) fantasy. Just get like 20 points. Did you see? I I bet you, I mean, I'm sure you get points for like passing and like negative points for being passed or (laughs) some shit. I don't know. Like a guy makes a right turn on the left turn track and they fucking like 25 points. NASCAR, NASCAR fantasy players, they're like, they're, they're checking the, uh, the IR wire to see if like what the pit crew is in like this dude this guy can change a tire in like 30 seconds and they're like oh fuck he's down with the fucking broken thumb like oh we're fucked gotta drop him yeah drop that guy drop Chase Elliott pick up Jeff Gordon (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get it dude I think Jeff Gordon's wasted like 15 years or something god I know way too many NASCAR drivers I know like 4 and that's too many oh fuck okay well anyways what were we talking about oh Johnny T Johnny T so recently John Tavares uh, squared off against his former team and uh, in the in the words of my co-host had his little buns spanked uh, lost 4 nothing on home ice yep. uh, and his and his 2B replacement Mr. Barzal picked up the hat trick uh Probably not not a good night for Mr. Mr. Johnny T. Oh, Wells. Uh, yeah. I mean, second of a back-to-back, and, uh, dude, Barry Trotz. I love Barry Trotz. He, like, some of the things that he said to the media or, you know, to, or the media found out that he said to his team, whatever the hell it ended up being, mm-hmm. was awesome. I mean, he was just straight up like, this guy didn't want to play with you. Go in there, go into his new barn and whoop his ass and, like, Fuck, they went in there, and Robin Leonard is absolutely on fire right now. I know Thomas Grice has played pretty good this year, too, but you got to ride that hot hand, Barry, because that guy is fucking getting it. And it's not just because I picked him up in our league right? that he should yeah. play him, you know, but that would oh, be right. nice. Of course, of course. Um, but, I look yeah, at, they goose-egged him. You see, I look Oof. at this. Like, the back-to-back, yeah, that, that can factor into a game sometimes, Um I, I don't think it's an end-all, be-all. Like, there's, we've definitely heard scenarios where teams win the second of the back-to-backs. Um, I know, I know what Toronto apologists are going to say. They're going to say, "Oh well, we started Sparks. You know, that's our backup, Tendy." Well, um, even if Freddie Anderson let in half those goals, you still lose two nothing. You have to, you have to score goals. Yeah. You know, like that doesn't. What, what the game was going to end zero zero? It doesn't work that way. Let me see how many shots they had. I I believe Toronto outshot them. Of course, my computer. Toronto outshot them. Uh, Here, I did want to read, while you look up yours, I want to read this to you. Um, It was in the post-game interview they did with uh, Tavares. They talked to him about the loss. Um, uh, So the Tavares, who played against his former team, da-da-da, quote, uh, there obvious. There was obviously a lot of anticipation and a lot of unknown. Tavares said, "Just not really sure. I tried to handle it the best I could and be as best prepared as I could to uh, be to play. I just wish I could have played better and got a better result." Yeah, sometimes he answers like a fucking robot. Yeah, that was that's robot. That's textbook. His public. He talked to his publicist before that shit. Yeah. Um. Here, I love. I loved Babcock's response because. Love or hate Babcock, because I know that there's a lot of people that fucking hate his guts. Um, the guy, the guy in a less brash, aggressive way. So he's like a he's like a more calm John Tortorella. Like he always he always usually says what's on everybody's mind. He just doesn't like tell the media to go fuck themselves. 
Um, sometimes he should, though. Sometimes he should. But So he said this after that game. Uh, Everybody wanted to help John win tonight, but we didn't do a very good job here. From the coaching staff right through the players, uh, Babcock said. Any way you look at it, we didn't play hard enough. They were better than us. I... They were better than us. I thought Sparks was unbelievable, actually. We gave up six grade-A scoring chances in the first. We don't usually give up six, uh, six grade-A's grade in a game. They played exactly like we expected. They were better than us. They gave us a lesson. Here, So look at, just looking at the quick box score, yeah. here's the stat that jumps out at me, and I know it's not far off from what the Islanders have. 15 giveaways. Jesus. Like, are you, are you going to win games if you're giving away the puck that much? Like, obviously, that's like it touches off a guy's stick and, you know, Islanders pick it up. But right. that one jumps out at me real quick. Uh, 15 hits. So that tells me that, you know, Islanders were playing them tough and, uh, you know, Maple Leafs were weenie and back a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, power plays were even relatively and face-off percentage. Maple Leafs won. So, you know, sometimes you just run into a hot fucking goalie, though, too. That's and, true. I mean, you, you can't put it on that all the time, but you run into a fucking hot goalie. I mean, shit, Robin Leonard stands on his head for 36 saves. I mean, fuck. He's doing well. You know, like, come on, 36 shots. You know, they're, they're, the chances of one dribbling in are yeah. so high with 36 shots that, like, you know, bounces just might not have gone their way. Well, um, but, yeah, and you don't, you don't want to lose that game in Toronto. No. You know, to the team that you're arguably your best player came from to choose right. you. I mean, you don't want to lose that. But, and that wasn't you know, a close game. Like a 4-0 shutout is not look good. And again, right. I'm not going to take the excuse of oh, Sparks was in, so it wasn't our best game. Well, yeah, if okay, if the game was 6-5, then yeah, all right, maybe I'll take that excuse or at least give it some credence. But when you lose four rip. Like that's not like you're you arguably have the best offense in the league, especially in depth. Okay, you have to, you need to be scoring goals. Have they been shut out at all? Yeah, they've season? been shut out a couple times, I think, but not not many. Um, I just I, and see, I, I I before I say this, I'm not saying that this is like a time for Toronto to panic. I still think they've got a solid team. You know that they're obviously one of the Cup favorites, but. This type of game is the fact that it happened shows that the the weakness that everybody has been talking about Toronto is there. You know, it's not going to happen every game, but the weakness that they do have is a lack of defense. And I, I mean, there, there's it shows that this team isn't invincible. If the Islanders can walk in, a team that was very much not supposed to do well comes in and just wipes the floor with them in their own barn i mean i would i would be if i was babcock i'd be moving some lines around at least try to shake things up a bit try to keep the guys loose um and i I mean that one's gonna be tough to get out of johnny t's head like here's another quote from him um that sour taste kind of like that you got punched in the gut kind of feeling hopefully we can learn from this and know what know we have to play a lot better than we did today yeah, so I just looked it up. They were shut out one other time this year, early in the season against uh, Pens. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, if I if I'm Toronto, I'm not worried. I would love to see them bring in some defensive defensemen. 
I think I think every team at the trade deadline could afford to bring in some like you know good D, maybe two way D if that's what they feel they need. Yep. Um, but I'm not panicking. No, no I wouldn't panic. I'm not it's, it's just one of those things that shows that you know this team's not invincible. I think it was it was either Malkin or Kessel or something. They played Toronto the first time they played them and they lost. But like literally after the after the game. I, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of them. And they're like, yeah, they're a good team. They're nothing special. You know, like they've got some good players, but they weren't because, you know, early in the season, everybody was looking at this roster thinking that they were just going to, you know, clean table with everybody. Yeah. And it wasn't, well, I mean, you know, they were just going to run away with the league. And they're doing that in a sense. Like they're obviously a strong team, but I just, I don't know. Once you get playoffs are a different breed and, you know, it's a different beast. And once yeah. you get in there, your apparent weaknesses will be exemplified. And I think this game shows that there is still, there's still weakness with this team. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I do disagree with, uh, if I'm Babcock, I'm, I'm keeping that lineup. Let me see who they play. I'm keeping that lineup. I'm saying, you go fucking prove to me that you guys still want to play after that fucking game, mm-hmm. or we're going to make some serious changes. Yeah. Right. I'm going to bring up a defenseman, you know, or, or we're going to look at bringing up a defenseman that needs to come up. You know, I don't know their farm system that well, but uh, yeah, Thursday against Minnesota. So, I mean, that's a prove it game. If you can, if you can basically come back and say, Hey, you know, at home, we're going to put on a show for our fans and you put up seven goals and beat them seven, three. Yeah. I think you're right. You're right back, you know, right back into where you need to be because, you know, I know we preach, Defense and goalies, you know, wins wins cups, but you can score some fucking goals too. So for sure, it's just a you know, it's a it's pick your poison kind of thing. But yeah, I I feel bad for Johnny T, but you know, fuck Islanders are for real. Like <laughs> yeah. When do you uh, when do you think what what kind of reception do you think he gets when they go back to when they go back to the island and Toronto plays on the island? Um, do you think? Do you think like he gets the hero's welcome? Like he gets a a montage on the big screen, and the you know the crowd salutes him and that kind of thing, or is it gonna gonna you know like he gets out there and he's immediately just like completely booed, and he gets Bronx cheers when he gets the puck, and maybe a mixed bag. Uh, I I think I mean not knowing there's a lot Islanders, of I don't know any Islanders fans, so I don't know how you know what they're even considering on this, but. Um, there's a lot of hostility just, still left over from that. You know? I think there I, is too. I think I don't think they quite boo him, but he's not going to get a standing ovation. I don't think because um, I mean it's a lot different when a player like that gets traded away, or you know at least makes an effort to stay. And not right. saying that he didn't, but um, you know I, I don't I don't think uh, you know not to bring up football, but Seahawks fans I mean didn't exactly you know, go nutso for Richard Sherman coming back up to Seattle for the first time. And uh, I think it'll be similar to that where there's going to be that mixed bag of, you know, half the stadium's going to go, Hey, you know, this, this guy gave us any sort of hope for fucking however many years, you know, and, uh, and you know, the other half's going to go, Hey, you know, he didn't want to be here anymore, you know, and fuck. I mean, seeing where the Islanders were, it sucks that Barry Trotz. Actually, I think Barry Trotz did come in before Johnny T made his decision. I'd have to check on that timeline. He but. did because that was supposed to be another 
sweeten the pot to stay. Please stay, John E.T. We've got Barry Trotz. And Lamar and uh, Lou Lamorello. Yeah. How yeah. do you say that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but he's got family in Toronto. I, I mean, I get it. If if they boo him, though, um, you know, those fans don't deserve the years that he gave them and all that shit that he gave them, um, in my yeah. opinion. I personally, you know, if I, if someone on the Seattle team that we had for five years basically said, fuck you, I'm going to this better team, um, I would just hope really hard that our team whooped his ass when he came to town. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but you know, I would I wouldn't be booing him. Um, but yeah, I, I I won't be surprised if they do. Let's say I personally wouldn't boo him either, but I definitely would understand the people that would like it's because it's not it's not on on Johnny T. Like there through that whole controversy, there was the argument of like, oh, who fucked up here that led to this you know right. was it was it management was it johnny t was it both and, and the answer is both i mean right if if i'm a general manager and i think there's a strong possibility that he's gonna leave like if he's genuinely weighing options i there's no way that i'm gonna let this guy what like it still blows me away right now that that guy walked like there, yeah. there like do, do, so and that leads me to my next point of like I got to put myself in the role of them at, you know, I don't think I would have taken the risk of letting him walk because if you're at that point and he's playing chicken with you, like, Oh, I might, but I might not like I would have traded him and I would have at least gotten something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I might've gotten torn apart in the press for it, but I would have made, I mean, what team wouldn't have given me a King's ransom for Johnny T? Well, I mean, the only, the only other side of that is, that team doesn't know if they're gonna if if he's gonna sign with them. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they did enough. See, and uh, that's where it's that's why I say it's both because yeah. that's on Johnny T. Yeah, I mean, you know, Johnny T. Kind of, I, I I have a feeling that Johnny T. knew before last season that he was probably going to leave. Right, whether that be through a trade or whether that you know the Islanders let him walk, but I also think. He he seems to me like such a class act that if the Islanders were making a true push for him, um, and if he felt that he was actually valued by the Islanders, he, it wouldn't have been. It was a relatively easy decision, in my opinion, right. for him. Where if the Islanders were really making a push for him and like really showed him that they were making moves and that they wanted him to be there, and you know they they the culture wise they wanted him to be there. He'd still be there. I, I, you know, and fuck. I mean, I guess he, it's that same, you know, catch twenty two where you can do all you can, and even if it's not good enough, then then you know you, you lose him. But yeah, I agree. I think I think it's a shame that Barry Trotz or you know someone like Barry Trotz and someone like Lou Lamarillo weren't there the season when he was, you know, last season when he was going into his contract. Yep. Um, and I think Islanders management fuck that up oh absolutely because we you know way up the pipeline dallas's ceo even said like you guys are being dumb and you aren't playing to your potential or something like that yep no but, i i think that that's true um yeah I, it's that it's that idea of trade him or not and maybe i'm just on the on the play it safe side but that's kind yeah. of how my thought process on that and you know if i was johnny t and i had respect for that organization i would have let him know i would have not put them in that situation where they held out hope and then got screwed over 
you know, I would have done like even if I was leaving, I'd have been on tried to leave on good terms because right. I mean, regardless of the fan base, he didn't leave on good terms. Like management is, it's not like management is happy with John Tavares and his decision. Like because it, it was literally the worst outcome that they could have done. Like they could have even lived with him. You know, they'd have been sad to see him go. But like, if he would have just been upfront and said, like, "Look, guys, you know, I'm from Toronto. You know, they're they're gonna put the C on my chest. Uh, they're gonna pay me a lot of money, and they're a, definitely a cup contender. Uh, I'm gonna go there. You know, these are my intentions. Please, you know, try to make something work with uh, with Toronto, and let's get this done. Yeah. And I think they would have respected that more than him just essentially letting them dangle. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, they did. He did, though. Yeah, that's true. Good you know point. what I mean? For all we know, it, behind closed doors, he was like, "Hey, you know, there's a good chance I'm leaving, so, um, you know, maybe try to yep. trade me." You know, yep. who, who knows? He could have said that kind of thing, but that's true. Good yeah, point. Um, I, I mean, Johnny T seems like a class act, so I would believe that over him just going. I don't know. Figure it the fuck out. You know what I mean? Right. Well, um, so but, this yeah, this I'm, saga. I'm this saga will be a to be continued because uh, yeah. well, the Maple Islanders make it into the playoffs this year. It's, it's definitely going to be. Uh... Oh, there's a strong possibility that they could actually meet each other in the first round because of the playoff positioning. Oh, NHL would love that shit. Oh boy. yeah. Well, um, I mean, to be continued because uh, Toronto will be visiting the the Coliseum on the February 28th. That's one I'm tuning into for sure. That's oh, going to yeah. be a fucking. Ooh, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be because I, I, it would be interesting to see how everybody handles it. I'm just, yeah. I'm very, you know, I don't know if you've seen the videos. You look at look at Islanders fans. They've literally taped over John Tavares, like they had Tavares jerseys, and they taped over the name. Uh, fuck that shit. I'm, uh, well, I guess it's just tape, so maybe it won't ruin the value of that thing. But. Right. Yeah. No. I. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um. So walking up. We're coming up on New Year's, uh, you know, halfway point of the season. We talked a little bit about how there's a good there's a good stretch between who's a buyer and seller. Um, we're we're a month and a month and a half or so away from the trade deadline. Um, I thought it'd be kind of interesting. We we give a couple little predictions about what we're gonna think as we as we creep closer to it. Um, what we're kind of thinking on that. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan, and, and maybe it's just from having the most exposure to Bob Murray of the Ducks and, and someone like that where yep. that's kind of who I'm following, but I'm a huge believer in you get it done before the deadline. You don't let that player dangle. You you know, you know kind of let them get extra time to kind of you know get into your system and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, like we talked about earlier and like we talked about on the last one, um, we kind of know who's buying and selling. Uh, I okay. mean, you know, maybe there's three, three or four teams outside of the playoffs right now on, on in both divisions that have high hopes. So I'll do, we'll do some, we'll do a little, you can not, not exactly rapid fire, but we'll, I'll throw some teams and names at you. You give me, give me your opinion on them. So, okay. um, let's see here. Matt Duchesne, staying or going? Going. Going? Where's he going? Uh, whoever is he going to a contender is he going to a builder he's going to a contender someone who needs a second center and doesn't quite have one Mm -hmm. uh maybe islanders okay maybe not a bad pick 
Um, yeah, who knows? Let's go. Let's see here. Chicago, Duncan Keith. Uh, Toronto. Yeah, we talked about it last time. He's he's gone. I think you know Chicago's making a little push, but they're done. They're seven out. Uh, they'd really have to make a pretty steep push. And six three and one in the last ten. That's pretty good. But yeah, they're sellers. And somebody had to. Somebody would have to fall. Yeah, and they're old. You know, you got to look at how old the team is. You know, youth wise compared to yeah that kind of shit. And I don't know why they got rid of two more D. I don't. I don't know what they're doing over there. Bowman's Bowman's retiring forever. I think He's just <laughs> just selling everybody. God, we'll, He's we'll like, get fuck it. I'm gonna save a little money. We'll get to I, the, I'm telling you, Kaner's next, dude. We'll get to that trade in a second. Um, St. Louis <laughs> Tarasenko. Ah, uh, you gotta keep him. Think so? They'd be dumb unless they are getting two first round picks this year and, and a first round pick next year. You keep him. I, he's too good. I think he's got. I'd have to look at his contract again, but I looked at it the other day. I don't think he's. I think he's got a little bit of time left. I say which this makes him a big chip, but at the same time, that he's young. He's still. You still build around him. I say fault. this. I say this because of rumors. Uh, Jake Allen. Uh, I had Jake Allen in fantasy two years ago, and he's not any good. I think. I think he goes to a building team who thinks they need a goalie like him because he's going to be their savior. And then he shows his true colors again. I don't, I, I think he's, I think if St. Louis stays where they're at, he's getting sold and St. Louis is moving on from him, mm-hmm. but he's going to go to a team and, and show that team that he's actually not any good still too. So right. Yeah. Lose lose situation there, but yeah, I think they'll move him. You think the Kings should anyway? Yeah. I'd love to see him move a guy like Carter. Uh, I'd love to see him move a grinder type guy, but they're they're going to want too much for a guy like Brown. Um, do I think Dowdy wants out of there? Kind of. Hmm. I don't know if they I, just signed they a contract. Yeah, but fuck. I mean, every time he talks about that team, he's like, "This is fucking brutal." <laughs> so I mean, what about yeah, one of those? They, what about one of those tendies? They want too much. What about one of those tendies? Um, quick is I, you know not. I, he's not young, but he's not old, and he can, you know, if he's healthy, he obviously can play decent. But they've got that kid that's in the raft that is behind Quick that's obviously showed that he can play well. Peterson or Peterson? Yeah, um, Kyle Peterson or Jack Campbell? Campbell. Campbell. Campbell's not too much younger than Quick, but um, no, you don't get rid of Quick unless it's a fucking king's ransom. Right. You don't Eric Carlson Quick. Ooh. Fucking more on that shit later. Speaking Fucking of which, joke. do the do the sharks? No. No. They don't trade Carlson. No, you just take the hit because he's not coming back. You don't think he's coming back at the end of the year? No, he's not coming back. I don't think the sharks are any good. I mean, second I'm in the biased, Pacific, but second in the Pacific Division. Uh, no, I mean they have started to figure it out a little bit more, but do I think it's enough to keep them around? No, I don't. I mean, that's the thing. You, in the NHL right now, you either stack the front side or you stack the back side, and they stack the back side, and I don't think their front half's really that good. So, yeah. um, and Martin Jones, Martin Jones is a good tendy, but he's not. There's fucking ten better tendies in the league, in my opinion. Right. So yeah. I I I think they keep him at the trade deadline, um, just because in San Jose's mind they got a shot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but Central's too fucking stacked over there. They're not getting through anybody over there. So okay, so we lo- those are the easy ones. Let's go. Let's do some harder stuff now. Okay, Pittsburgh. Buyers or sellers? Ooh, I like that one. Uh-huh. There's a couple guys on Pittsburgh I would sell. Um, so first off, do you think spot. do you think buyers or sellers? Because there's been a lot of talk around Kessel going. Uh, no, they're they're buyers. Uh, do I th- do I? You know what Pittsburgh's going to do this year though? Hmm. They're going to do the Capitals of last year. They're they're not going to fuck. It. They're not actually going to buy anybody. Not just going to stand pat. Yep, stand pat. Hope that that group can get them through. Maybe uh maybe a D, maybe some minor minor D moves. Uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna make a splash. Okay. Although that's kind of the Pittsburgh way, but um, wow, wow, they've won five in a row. Actually, they're playing good, huh? Mm-hmm. Murray's um, Murray's Murray's yeah, actually he's back now. Murray's so. back in Murray form, huh? Yeah, he he had a good session with Jake Allen's mom. <sighs> What's that song? Stacy's mom. St- <laughs> Jake Allen's mom. Oh. <laughs> um, no, there. I don't think they'll even buy. I'd be really surprised. I think Broussard didn't work out for them last year, so they're not going to give up that big of shit. Where I think management thinks they're getting a little bit older, okay. and they need to hold on to some guys. They need to hold on to some picks. So, okay, um, ready, ready for another tough one? Yeesh. Calgary. Um, Calgary's the Calgary's the best team in the Pacific to me. But do you think they're overperforming right now? Do, do you think that management has enough confidence in them to be buyers and add a supporting cast to what they yes. already have? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think Elias Lindholm's been a nice surprise. I think uh, David Riddick's been a nice surprise. Um, I'd love to see him add someone like. Uh, Panarin, hello, Panarin, Ooh. anybody? Yeah, uh, but I don't think Columbus will. Well, Columbus might want to just sell him because he's he's been more adamant about leaving than uh, Bobrovsky. But I guess we'll wait till the All Star break to hear. That's what. That's when uh, the bread man and his and everyone in Columbus are talking. I guess so. right. So that was going to be. So I've got two more left. Columbus is my next one because that's that's my second to hardest one. I think in my mind. To mm. figure out because they're they're in a very unique situation that I don't think any other team is currently in at the moment. I think Columbus would have to be so far into the playoffs that they knew that they were going to make the playoffs to sell Panarin, but they're not going to get rid of Bobrovsky at the at the deadline. They're just they're just not. They'd be stupid for one. They'd be stupid to get rid of him in general. They mm-hmm. need to sign that man. Uh, but two. I mean, if you, if you, yeah, gosh. See, that, that, I was going to say, this is, the, this is the second toughest one in my mind because it's, there's no other situation, like, it's all guesswork in the other ones. Like, oh, does he want to stay? Do they want to stay? How are we going to do? Right now, Columbus is, I mean, they're a good, they're t- sitting at 22, 13, and 3. They're not a bad team. On right. paper, they're doing well. They could, they could make it, I mean, and depending on who they play in the playoffs, like, I think for the, for the first time ever, I think if Columbus has to play Pittsburgh, they might actually have an advantage for once. Well, I mean, Murray's just going to stand on his fucking head and then Columbus loses again anyway, anyways. Right, because Bob Rosky uh, can't play in the playoffs. Col- yeah, Bob Rosky's going to shit in the playoffs, and then they'll they'll look to just get rid of him in the 
offseason. So that's um, what it is. Do you... I would be curious because I think Columbus, I think if Columbus is sitting in the spot that they're sitting in right now, so second in the Metro, yep. by the time the trade deadline starts rolling around, um, I bring some big target in. I bring someone in who has a pretty decent contract, is going to be there for a while, is maybe 25, 26, 27, has okay. got some years on him. Uh-huh. And I show Panarin and I show Bobrovsky that, hey, you know, you don't need to be the ones that right. do this all the time. Uh, you know, we're going to bring in some firepower and, and kind of show you that you we would like you to be here. Um, maybe a good I support, think, maybe a support man for Panarin and then maybe like a, 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 a reliable backup goalie for Bobrovsky. Yeah, I think if you can do both of those and show those guys that, hey, we want to get you some support because we want to keep you around this offseason, mm. uh, it, it puts you in a good position. And, you know, um, but we'll see. That's a tough one because Panarin already has basically said he's done. Right, he doesn't want to be there. So so you you would say if you're management at the deadline, you double down and try to change Panarin's mind instead of play it safe and get rid of him. I, I'm bringing, I'm making a huge splash before I start talking to him at the all-star break. Okay. I'm making a huge splash. I, I'm, I, if I'm Columbus, I, I might even be giving up a first round pick for say a Tarasenko or. Ooh, can you imagine Sanko skating with Panarin? That's a dirty line right there. Here's another one though. Mark Stone or Duchesne. Oh. If I can bring in one of those guys, I'd give up a first-round pick, and I would show Panarin and Bobrovsky. I'd say, hey, look, I, you know, we're doing all we can. We want we want to hold on to you. Um, this is the move we just made. You know, we got some time to make a contract before the trade deadline. We those don't want to trade you. Those two are so good. Those two are so good. I, I just... It's, those are the uh, best chips right now. I dude. feel so bad that they're on that team because, and it's not even the players' fault. Like they've even got a decent supporting cast. It's just, I just wish they were on a like a management a team that was managed better. Like yeah. Stone is quietly one of the top players in the league at the moment. Yeah, well, and I'm not gonna change. I'm not even gonna say that because I have him on one of my teams, and he he will get hurt. He will get hurt eventually. But, but no, uh, yeah, those those two. If those two can be healthy by the trade deadline. Ottawa's going to pull some fucking chips for, for those guys. They're going to pull chips like they should have for fucking Carlson. If they don't, yep. move that team. Mm-hmm. Move that fucking team. Move it to Quebec. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going to put it. Move it to fucking Kansas City. Heard, I don't care. I've heard rumors that it'd be Hamilton. Where the fuck even is that? Uh, it's in Canada. Another Canadian team? Come yeah. on. Well, I mean, just Yuck. keep... They, the none of them can even win. Uh, well, until recently. Yeah. Um, uh, right. Okay. In my mind, here it's now. I don't think this team would be a seller by any means, but this this is a, either a stand pat or a buy. Give me because because they're so up and down. My my top thing of thinking that this is the toughest one, the Buffalo Sabers. No. You think so? Do you think they? Do you think that? Because obviously they're not sellers. They think that they've got a good young core in their building. Do you think that they make a move? To bring it to to get rid. Do, do you think they make a move of some of their youth to bring in somebody that's skilled now and make a push, or do they stand pat with the team that they currently have and just try to play with what they've got? Because hmm. you get rid of some of that, like you know, they've got a they've got a lot of young talent, and if you shipped some of that, not all, some, 
if you ship some of it away, you'll get experienced players from a sinking ship like like Ottawa. Like, um, hell, I could even see a push for somebody in Carolina, perhaps. Um, you know, make make a push for some for a player that's been there, done that, instead of somebody that needs to develop for another two, three years. Because um, there, just, for for me, it de- it depends if if you think their young core is in win now mode, mm-hmm. um, you know, then you then you look at some veteran presence. But um, I, I don't think. I'm not selling all these young guys for older guys to make a push this year when we're surprising everybody. Okay, so I'm how not, about it, how about a package of high picks? Like, would Buffalo be shopping their first round pick and then maybe some prospects to acquire, you know, to, to load up for a playoff run? Or do you think that they kind of stand pat and say like, this isn't our year? You know, we're gonna wait it out. Because I think the squad that they've got, they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. You know, they're they're good enough to make the playoffs. I don't I don't think they're good enough. Like for right now, they're in the third spot in the Atlantic. If the playoffs started today, they're taking on Toronto. Do I think that they can beat Toronto? No. Um, you know, I mean, granted, you know, you hit a wild card spot. You don't know who you're playing. It could be somebody higher. It could be somebody lower. Um, I, I feel like they're on the edge. You know, but. Guys that they hoped were producing, like Middlestat, aren't. And I don't know. I guess the only positive you look at it is you go, okay, I've got guys that aren't aging out. Like, you're going to lose Palmaville maybe, but he's, it's not like he's a integral piece to the team anymore. Yeah. Um, um, if I'm them, I, I'm i moving those older guys for a second line center and just hoping that my young guys can kind of figure it out in the playoffs because I think their decor is fine. I think Cotter Hutton is playing pretty damn good and Eichel is a fucking superstar. So, I mean, if you can get a little bit of secondary scoring on that, on a team like that, um, they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah. I'm not selling the fucking ship for them. No, no, I wouldn't. I, I'm, I, if I'm Buffalo, I'm not even giving up picks. They're not sellers. I'm not saying that they're sellers by any means. I'm saying like they're they're fi- they finally moved into a position where they're finally not like taking on contracts of other teams to get reach the cap minimum. Like they're they're for the first time in a long time, like since Dominic Hasek or or maybe even Ryan Miller in his heyday, they're a competitive team. And yeah. This is, I mean, I know it's not their year. Like, right now, if you had to declare it, like, right now, all the pressure to win... The, the teams that have the pressure to win now are Tampa and Toronto and Nashville and then maybe a little bit Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg's got a little breathing room, but Nashville, peep, I mean, those fans are out for blood. You've got Toronto. Uh, I mean, those fans are the most rabid in the NHL. And then Tampa, God, they're... You know, even though they've already got one, they they you know have the mentality that they haven't you know their their time is now kind of thing. Yeah, if I, if I'm Buffalo, I I actually thinking about this a little more. Okay, I'm looking at moving a guy like Pominville, or I'm looking at moving a guy like Ocposo. If I get a second line center, which I think they need, I think they need to drop Casey Middlestad down to three and kind of let him grow a little more. Okay. Um. I'm looking at that, even the east side, and I'm going Washington, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Toronto. Those three, te- those four teams are all better than me. Yep. 
right? So I in a I'm seven games in mind, a seven game series, yes. Oh yeah, all all day. Um, got more experience, um, and so for me, I, I'm I'm looking at what pieces I can actually move out without detrimenting the team too much because I, I want my young guys to make the playoffs. I want them to get that experience, so I, I want to do what it takes to still get into the playoffs. But uh, y- you know, I'm not pushing for a guy like Panarin. I'm not I'm not pushing for uh, someone like that because you know who, you know what you're gonna have to give up for a guy like that. It, it's just it's gonna be ridiculous to where you know. Guess what? Eichel goes down hurt next year. Yep, you're fucked again. Right. And because he's he's down for next year and he's down the next year because, you know, he's got to work his way back up to that Jack Eichel that we're seeing right now. And, um, yeah, I I just I don't want to do that. So if I'm Buffalo, I'm looking up the standings a little bit and I'm going, fuck this. I'm getting rid of some old guys, maybe get, you know, a decent young middle aged piece back, a Jeff Skinner esque. Yep, some might say. I, um, you know, a nice is... middle aged piece like that, and, yep. and but I'm not, I'm not moving too much. There, you know, I'm not buying too much either. Their time is coming. It's not. It's no longer. Right. It's no longer a long term plan. It's a short term plan. Like right. they could, you know, every team, the, the the term window, you know, it's their window. Now, Tampa has been a very good job of extending their window over several years. Like. You know, it's been what last five years? They've been either the favorites or at least top five. Yeah, you know. I mean, if fav- I if I realized I had a guy like Braden Point in my system out of yeah. fucking nowhere, I'd be feeling pretty damn good too. So. Right, like they've they've done a good job to keep their window open for a long time. Now, jumping over to Toronto, Toronto doesn't have a long window. This is this is the year for it. Yeah. It's make or break at this point because their their salaries will not allow them to do this again. Like this is a this is an all-star dream team that they have put together and they can only afford it this year. Next year, they've they're going to have to pay Matthews. We talked about we talked about that before. They're going to that that roster is just going to lose talent because of the money that they're going to have to shell out. Yeah. So, if I'm Buffalo, I'm looking like, "All right, you know, we're good. We've got promise. We've got guys that can bring up like exactly like you just said, we get rid of these vets. We try to stack up maybe some picks or maybe even some depth guys. And I mean, I'm not like next year, their odds, their odds, in my opinion, go up way higher. You yeah. know, just just in one year, that team could get even slightly better because Toronto is just. I don't think they're going to have a crash, but Toronto is going to come down to earth. They're going to have to. They're. I mean, they'll even out a little bit, but I think it'll make them more of a team. Right. But. It'll be. It'll bring them back down to earth to where they don't. You know they don't have the the high powered super offense that they do have. Um, I still you know you and me I still think that they have defensive issues, but that's a whole other subject. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. If I'm Buffalo, I'm looking at bringing in young guys that can still that you know teams are kind of sick of giving a chance. A yep. la Dylan Strom, uh, William Carlson. Yep. Letting him walk to the Vegas Knights a couple years ago. Yep. Um. I'm looking at guys like that where. Why not take a chance on a uh, on trading someone like Pominville or Ocposo for someone like that to where if he works out and and that guy comes in and basically goes, hey shit, I'm on a playoff team now. Like I'm gonna, you know, hey, I click with fucking Casey Middlestat like it's going out of style. Right. Um, you know, you're fucking set, and you he might could, even get a pick or two from it too. So he could use a wingman. Yeah, I mean he he could use a wingman. Ocposo is good with Tavares and. 
uh, you know, play, has played good with Eichel at times, but he's just a big bruiser. That's not really where the NHL is right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, Buffalo is a tough one. That's okay. Real quick, one. real quick, honorable mention. We already talked about him earlier, but Dallas. Dallas needs to sell, but I don't think they're going to get enough from their guys. That's just going to, I just, I can Ugh. see that hurting like, like the soul of the general manager. Just like if he, <laughs> if he decides to pull that trigger, he's just like going to lose a little bit of his soul when he does it. Cause he's, uh, it's. I would be I would be legitimately frustrated like there's frustrated like there's Ottawa frustrated where you just know you have a bad team and you suck and you know it whereas you're Dallas where I mean even this could be applied to St. Louis a little bit too like you're looking at your roster on paper and you're like this team should be winning hockey games this team should be in the top of the division and top three of the conference and be a, be a for sure thing for the playoffs. Yeah. And they're not like they're playing, you know, they're, so they're 2016 and three. They're, they're one win away. They're one loss away from playing 500 hockey. I don't think those, I don't think those kind of people sit in on the locker room. I don't think they sit in enough on the bench. I don't think they, they know what's going on with the team enough because there's something else going on with that fucking team. You know be. what I mean? Where it's a personality thing. It's not. Yep. It's not a skill thing. St. Louis. You know, it's not a fucking skill thing. Yeah. It's there's something in the locker room. There's something outside of the locker room. There's something during the game that is wrong. And you know, quit pushing fucking pencils and go fucking look like go sit for. Be yep. a fly on a wall. See what's going on. Because, yeah, Dallas I, I, Dallas is old. Um, they're not deep. They, you know, they're, they're like some teams. I think they pushed a little bit, you know, five or six years ago. I remember them playing the Ducks. And I fucking hated them. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think they sold enough. Like, I don't think they sold the fucking pots and pans to right. really be in this, like, this you know, shallow on forward and shallow on like back end D. Um, no, it's been more of a, a slow build. Like that's why I'd be more pissed. It's not like a, Oh, you know, I, I traded our entire farm team and our development to have this team and make a push. It's more of like, God, I've been building this team for like the last, what seems like eight years. Yeah. And we're still not, you know, we're doing the same thing that we've done the last eight years. Oh, it's like my Mariners. Fuck <laughs> me, dude. <laughs> they just sold them all off. They sold the fucking Coke machine there. Jesus. Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, fuck. We're running out of time. Yeah. Again. Let's Why move on. Let's let's do a fantasy real quick. Um, I uh, most fantasy hockey people know of the short week around holiday season where it's not a full week of games. You're you're uh, especially in our league. Even uh, if if you're doing like seven days a week. Uh, for your games against, uh, we're we're in a this one's judged like basically over the course of three days because of the holidays because there's no games. So um, this one's always a little screwy with people. Um, a lot of people in our league have dropped, I don't know, guys that they've been holding on to for a little while just to get players that are playing this week. Yep. Uh, for example, I I dropped a couple just so I could pick up another Vegas player and a Phoenix player because there's only one fucking game today. Wow, I don't fuck whoever, that. Don't get me started on that shit. Whoever does the scheduling needs to fucking fucking figure it out. 
But you know why they did it? They looked down the fucking schedule and they said, oh, NFL's playing their last regular season games this week, so we might as well play one fucking game and make it the Coyotes on fucking Sunday. Jesus. What a joke, dude. Yeah. Overrated-ass shit. I love the Seahawks, but NFL's so overrated. You know they play – you know they actually – they like the average that NFL players are actually running around on the field is seven minutes a game. Seven minutes. How and they co- and they complain about that? getting more games in a season. They're like, oh, we can't go from twelve. Oh, to se- they can't complain go from- about preseason being too long every fucking. And don't get me wrong, those guys get beat up. Like those guys get hit hard. But Jesus Christ, like seven minutes a game. Get out, man. Yeah, no, it's... And that's obviously average because you're going to have some games where you play fucking 15 or, you know, you have some games where you play three, but Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so just brutal. Re- just some guys, with... Okay, NHL players, NBA players, and, and, and not hyping up the NBA, but NHL players, there's some that play 25, 26, 27 a night. Yep. Full speed fucking getting hit same way that you do. They get in a fucking fight. They get hit by a puck. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> yeah, Basically, I I, oh, yeah. Shit, you've dude. got guys. I mean, you've got guys. On, there's no – hockey is the sport that requires you, – you have to be good at everything. You have to have hand-eye coordination. You have to have endurance. You have to have strength. It's not one of those sports where you can just practice one thing over and over and over. Like, look at baseball. Not to uh, – no. I was about to say not to pick on baseball, but definitely with offense to baseball. Um, there's no – like – there's nothing like you don't even have to like if you're a batter, you don't even have to worry about running. You hit the ball hard enough. You get to first base and then you can bring in someone else that runs for you. <laughs> it doesn't fucking make any sense. Like, like there's no because they realized a long time ago. They're like, oh, well, usually the guys who hit the ball really hard can't run very fast. And then they're just like, oh, we can fix that. We'll just let them hit the ball hard. Everybody cheers. And then we'll put out some small fast guy that can run to second and third. <laughs> It's fucking dumb. Can you imagine uh, that? Like, say, uh, I love baseball, but you're so that's so true. Say Milan Lukic is on a breakaway, and they're like, "Wait, wait, hold up, time out, hold on, we're gonna swap him out with McDavid real quick." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it makes I no that. it makes no sense. You know what they should do though is that if you switch a short, fast guy at first uh-huh. base for a tall, fat guy, okay. You gotta do the same thing when a short fat guy gets to first base. <laughs> so then a fucking like a like a or a, a skinny or a skinny short guy gets to first base because then you got a fucking fat dude running from first to second whenever that guy hits the ball. It's just a man. It's, it's like a that's board. That's what you need, man. It's like a, a basketball action. It's like a board game with people. <laughs> it's so bad. I just uh, anyway. Okay, so uh, back to fantasy. fantasy. We gotta wrap this up with fantasy. Um, Wellesley, who are you looking at? I, I saw you made some transactions here with uh, with some goalies. Let me talk my transactions a little bit because our league is like most 12-man leagues in fantasy hockey where the goalies are taken in the draft. You get lucky if you find someone midseason that's playing goalie, and usually it comes down to someone got fucking hurt, right? Yep. Um, so I've actually made three pickups recently because i've decided that i have no problem just straight up carousing my or carouseling my fucking goalies for the rest of the season besides gibson it's had to especially with injuries shit yeah 
injuries and Schneider hasn't won since <laughs> fucking God knows when. And That's... Kincaid decided that he liked what Schneider was smoking <laughs> and started fucking hitting that reefer. Those two need a group session with Jake Allen's mom. <sighs> Goalies unanimous. Um, Goalies anonymous. Goalies anonymous. Hi. Uh, so hi, I, I'm... I may... Huh? Hi, I'm hi, I'm Bill. Hi, Bill. And I'm a I'm a goalie for for a team that rhymes with the new Newberry Wevels. Hi, Bill. <laughs> it's like Bill obviously sucks, Corey Schneider dude. with his red fucking hair. Bill sucks. <laughs> anyway, so on yeah. that note, I did pick up Blackwood because Kincaid. Okay. Decided that he wanted to drink the fucking Corey Schneider Kool-Aid and started shit in the pool. And this this kid's good. I mean, um, yeah, God, he's looked good his last two games. Um, he came in for relief, I think, a week or so ago and looked pretty good. Um, so I picked him up and just going to do the fucking goalie hope to God they pick up a win somewhere because this is a joke at this point. <laughs> Uh, I did pick up Carter Hart, which I got a nice, nasty text from you at fucking, like, 6 a.m. after that day. <laughs> I was looking for him. I know. Well, I had him on my radar at both my leagues. Picked him up just just in case. Just in case he came in and fucking killed it. And he's actually looked pretty good. He had that one-off game. Um, last game, he got robbed in the third period. Fucking Philly decides they don't know how to score anymore either. Right. Well, they haven't been scoring all season either. Really, but. Um, so Carter Hart was another one that I picked up. I mean, yeah, his only drop really was Columbus. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's well, let in two or I mean, less than the other three. But Philly's another team that's basically written off the season. They they cleaned house up front. Um, they're going to, I mean, I don't know if that GM is going to walk in and say, like, I want to build around this roster. Um, I guess we probably should have talked to them. You know, that'd be that'd be an interesting one to see if they're going to be sellers at the. Deadline. We talked to them a little bit last week. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, but I think uh, Hart's gonna. I mean, he's gonna put up wins. He's a solid goaltender. Do I think he's gonna limp them into the playoffs? No. But no. Uh, he's he's a good tendy, and if for fantasy purposes, um, as long as you can put up a solid save percentage, which I think he's capable of doing, um, you'll put up decent points. I, I, obviously, it varies from league to league, but um, obvi- with goalies, it all comes down to wins. That's like the ultimate thing. I mean, I I won. It was either last year or the year before. Um, I won our league essentially because Corey Crawford just got wins. He didn't even have a great yeah. save percentage, but if you pick up the win, you know that's basically you live and die by goalies. Because if they have a shit game, then it's like probably the only team, the only players that are going to minus you points, right? But, um, yeah, our league hurts goalies quite a bit, but that's just because, I mean, fuck. I mean, in every other league that I'm in they're you know, they have a, they have a 0.785 and they had 20 shots on net and they get a loss and I get fucking 10 points for it or some shit. Just, yep. Yep. So, but no. yeah, the other one I picked up was little Robin Leonard. Uh, I mean, you know, I pretty much have a bunch of goalies who are in a timeshare right now and besides Gibson. And that's uh, just that's just the way it goes sometimes. So, so uh, what about little, you? Right. Um, so, just a quick tip on that for people that are in these leagues where you can only start uh, two goalies at a time. If you're sitting on a roster with four goalies, or you know, however many your league allows, um, 
best tip is to just make sure that, it, I mean, if you're in a situation where they're handcuffed, uh, for example, I'm sitting on Matt Murray and Casey DeSmith, uh, your best bet is to just keep daily face-off bookmarked on your phone and check to see who's playing. Because uh, as as we've mentioned before, ESPN Fantasy is fucking Trash. awful with their updates. They're just not good at telling you who's playing and when and whatnot. Or usually when they do it, the game has already started and you don't have it and then you can't do anything about it. So I would, you know, just keep a look on that. Um, and the philosophy with goalies is most of the time, unless the goalie is complete trash, like Corey Schneider, uh, it, it's sometimes worth the risk just to put them in because as long as they don't get blown out, they're going to put up something. A couple points. Yeah. They're going to put up right. So unless they're absolute dog shit, so like don't start Scott Darling. Well, uh, no one's starting Scott Darling, but, um, <laughs> I, dude, looking at my team, I'd fucking start him. <laughs> who has him? Would, who, who wants fucking cross before him? Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ, my uh, team's gross. Okay, so on my end, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, somebody to keep on your radar, and then somebody that... two not, minutes. Yep, not necessarily somebody to drop, but somebody to bench right now. So um, my hot player that I picked up right now, uh, Eric Gustafsson. He is a defenseman with the Chicago Blackhawks. Right now, they're trending upward at the moment. Um not Defe- Yuki Haru? Nope. Nope. Gustav's, he's skating on the first line now um, with Chicago. Right now they're in the middle of a, a good, you know, they're hot at the moment. Um, we'll see how long that carries. Uh, what, what is his, What is their goalie's name now? Delia? Delia? I don't know. Something like Deli that? Delia man? Something like that. Delivery uh, he's, boy? Yeah. <laughs> he's playing <laughs> He's playing decent at the moment, so they're getting okay goaltending. Um, and the guy is, you know, he's uh, he's got... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six or seven points in his last, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So he's doing okay. He's a solid pickup. If you're needing a D man, um, uh, Wellesie and I preach it. D men can make or break a team, uh, regardless yep. if it's real life or fantasy, uh, because they're the, they're the sleepers, you know, and, uh, especially in our league where you can roster four defensemen, uh, in a given night, uh, they're definitely a good commodity. So I would check him, I would check him out. And then, um, Somebody that played here's my cold pick. Uh, somebody who was really, really good for me at the beginning of the year has gone absolutely dead quiet. Uh, Kyle Connor, getting on the second line with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he has not picked up a point in. Well, let's see here. Let me hit show more. He has not picked up a point in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Uh, and before that, it wasn't good either. He he had an absolute great start. He's sitting at thirteen goals and fifteen assists. Um, it's only a matter. Of, I wouldn't say drop him because if you do have him in your league, because he's skating on a line that it's only a matter of time until he picks it up. He's got but line A on there, doesn't he? He's got yeah. He's skating with line A, and yeah. uh, it, it's right. definitely he's going to be okay. But at the moment, he's you know players go through these cold streaks. It happens. Um, fuck. Uh, good example of that is Alex DeBrincat. You know, while Chicago was going through that cold streak of like losing twenty games in a row. Uh, he was doing nothing. Now he's had a, he's had a, he's had points up at least one point in his last five, and he's got four goals and three assists in that time. So, guys, lighten it up. He's doing fine. Not ever, not everybody's an Alex Ovechkin where they can put up a point a night. I'll give you Duncan Keith for Kyle Connor. Oh, that's that's. I mean, that's it's just too good. I I feel like I would be fleecing you with that trade. So. 
probably probably i'm just gonna be nice and not take it until donkey goes to fucking toronto and starts just killing it oh god can you imagine him skating on that line with uh with marner wait keith yeah no he would play with uh it'd probably be him and riley be my guess. oh yeah riley sorry i get them that's i get who you were, that's yeah who you were i was thinking of. riley thinking well because like in my head i was thinking garnier but i was like garnier skates on the second line that's not him yeah, I don't even know who he skates with. I don't know any any D on that team besides those two. Yeah. I don't even care. Does it yeah. even matter? Nobody no, knows. No, I don't doesn't doesn't really matter. Chicago's gonna be sellers anyway, so we'll see how it goes. All right. Um I think that's all we got for this episode, Plug guys. It, dude. We tried to Plug keep it, it we tried to keep it a little shorter. Um we appreciate everybody following us on Facebook. Uh we yeah. are as we've mentioned before, we are social media challenged a little bit. Uh we're working on getting Twitter and that kind of thing. Uh apparel is definitely in the works. I know we've been saying that for a while, but it's gonna happen. Uh probably with the with the turn of the year, we'll start having at least mock ups done so you guys can see what those would look like. Um please like, comment, share everything on us we love those comments please let us know what you guys want to hear um any specific topics that you have any fantasy questions that you want answered uh we are we are definitely up for it um we're also planning later on next year to do once we get to the trade deadline uh flirting with the idea of doing a a live episode during the during the during the trade deadline day uh we'll we'll see how that goes it's going to depend on schedules and whatnot but uh we'll see how that goes so uh wells got anything else yeah, next week, uh, top 10 ugliest NHL players Ooh. currently in the league, maybe. Ooh. I don't know. We didn't talk about it, but that's, that's what I'm hoping we do because, god damn, I just looked at Devin Shore in one of the interviews, and he is an ugly bitch. There are some. There are there are definitely some ones that just cannot get it together. Yeah. Like, get a new face. <laughs> I mean, they could afford it, probably. Pro- well, probably not Devin Shore, but... <laughs> Some of these guys, Chara, maybe he could get a whole new fucking head. Anyways, top 10 ugliest dudes next week. Deuces. Love it. See you a lot of...